So many people all over the world have not had a chance to look through a telescope, but so many people in Kenya and Africa much more haven't. And and I think it's a gateway to um, inspire young people into science or just into solutions for our continent. So um, we decided to set up the traveling telescope. And at the time, we had a smaller telescope. It wasn't that big. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was stolen, and we thought we'd oh, get a bigger telescope. And uh, we have others, but the one we have is a 12-inch reflector that is... You know, just like a celebrity, when you put it in the middle, everyone wants to come and look through. And it doesn't matter where people are coming from or what languages speak. Mm. It becomes this thing that everyone wants to look through and then look up and, and see what's yeah. in the skies. Hello everyone, my name is Lily Bagala Piper and welcome to the show. One of the favorite things that I love about this region and coming back home and living back here in the East Africa the last 17 years has been how much of the night sky I can enjoy, much more than when I was living in Boston, which was the last city I lived in in the United States. And one of the ways that I've come to really appreciate the night sky is through the work of the Traveling Telescope. I hope that many of you have engaged with their extraordinary work. The Traveling Telescope is an educational and a, an empowering organization that is introducing Kenyans left and right to the beauty of the night sky, to astronomy, to the power of the sciences. And I am just delighted today that the CEO and co-founder, Susan Murabana, wow, <laughs> is with us today. Susan and Chu, the team behind the Traveling Telescope, I had the joy of meeting many years ago. They came on board to help us do a fundraiser for an organization that my kids were involved in and were just so generous with their time and talent. They brought their planetarium. We got to sit inside this beautiful um, you know, structure and get to experience the night sky close up and personal. And beyond their planetarium, they have this incredible telescope that they are taking all around the country, introducing schools and children to the wonders of astronomy and the power of the constellations. It's really extraordinary what they're doing. Susan is an astronomer, as I mentioned, and she also has played many roles in building up the science uh, network and ecosystem here in the continent. She's the founding president of the African Planetarium Society and serves on the board of the International Planetarium Society. She was a 2020-2021 United Nations Space for Women mentor and is also on the board of the Kenyan Optical Telescope Initiative, all things in her world kind of revolve around science and the telescope. And Susan and Chu and their team have worked across Africa promoting science and education, first through Cosmos Education in the early 2000s, and then later through the global hands-on universe. She's also the national coordinator for Astronomers Without Borders. Isn't that awesome? Like, of course, astronomy in our universe should be without borders. And that work of promoting education and advocacy around the sciences is introducing so many more of us to the beauty that is just right above our heads. In fact, the Traveling Telescope's work has been not only appreciated by uh, myself and communities across Kenya, but has been awarded the 2020 EuroPlanet Prize for Public and engagement for their work. It really is incredible. And if you just quickly Google Traveling Telescope, 
up will pop up all these amazing images of young people engaging with science in new and vibrant ways through this telescope that comes to them in their communities. So it is my great pleasure and delight to welcome astronomer, thinker, leader, and the brilliant Susan Mohorbana to this uh, show today. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, Lily. Thank so, you for inviting me today. Oh, I'm yeah. so <laughs> delighted it fit into your schedule. I was uh, laughing with the team that because the rains are here, we had a little bit more of your time. So we are just so, so glad that you are with us today. Thank you. So, Susan, for people who don't maybe know as much about the Traveling Telescope, let me first start by saying, you know, how do you describe it? When people say, tell me what you do, you know, what's your work? How do you describe the work of the Traveling Telescope? Um, so basically what we do is travel with our telescope to all these beautiful dark skies <clears throat> and give people a chance to look through the telescope. And why do we do it? Because um, I think for me, Growing up, I, I always loved the sciences, but I did not have an attachment to it. And the first time I looked through a telescope in my 20s mm. and looked at Saturn and this planet with rings and, and floating up there in space, I was like, this is what I should have learned in school. And I mm. wanted to share that. And, and that was before I met Chu, my, my husband and, and partner, who also had the same experience. He wanted to share the views of the telescope with school kids, but also just members of the public. Yeah. And so the idea for us is to move around and reach uh, as many people. It's, it's hard to get everyone to come to us, um, but it's easier, especially in Kenya, for us to go to underserved communities and share the views of the night sky with our telescope. And I think for us, it's also just getting a chance to explore the planet yeah. and, and see the beautiful skies uh, mm -hmm. from different places. And, and um, I'm fortunate to have experienced that through the Traveling Telescope X, X Expeditions. Well, I love what you said about bringing the telescope to the people, like taking it to the people. It's like democratizing this access to the stars that maybe would not have happened had you not developed this. So. Let's talk about just kind of how do you conceptualize this mission of the traveling telescope? I mean, I've seen it. We're going to show some images in, on the screen in just a moment. It's a significant piece of equipment. So at what point did you think, oh, we can actually move around with this thing, that this thing can actually travel? So um, I, I said I looked through a telescope in my 20s and it was in the 2000s. And I knew I wanted to do that, to share astronomy and science. And, and eventually I got a telescope when I was, I was um, volunteering with the Global Hands-On Universe Project. And it was a small telescope, but it was my telescope. It wasn't um, a very, uh, it was expensive for me at that time. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a donation from a local company. And then fast forward in 2013, there was a total solar eclipse and um, the path of totality was going through northern Kenya, a place called Turkana, which is dry and good for the night skies. And I, I talked to members of my Rotary Club, I'm a member of the Rotary Club, and asked them if we could do a trip there and, you know, raise funds wow. for the community there. And we had a really brilliant website. And Chu happened to come along for this trip. And uh, he was filming me because I'd, I'd received 5,000 safe solar glasses to distribute to schools and um, to make sure that the, the young kids would experience looking through the telescope, I mean, looking at the sun safely. And um, I got to know him 
and I got to learn about what he was doing in the UK. He's a filmmaker and he was also doing outreach. And he had thought of, you know, traveling around with the telescope and mm. coming up with the traveling telescope. And so when we decided we wanted to be together, we thought this is a brilliant place to have the project mm. uh, because so many people all over the world have not had a chance to look through a telescope, but so many people in Kenya and Africa much more haven't. And, and I think it's a gateway to um, inspire young mm. people into science or yeah. just into solutions for our continent. So um, we decided to set up the traveling telescope. And at the time we had a smaller telescope. It wasn't that big. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was stolen and we thought we'd oh, get a bigger telescope. And uh, we have others, but the one we have is a 12-inch reflector that is you know, just like a celebrity, when you put it in the middle, everyone wants to come and look through. And it doesn't matter where people are coming from or what languages speak. Mm. It becomes this thing that everyone wants to look through and then look up and, and see what's yeah. in the sky. So uh, the idea of moving around with the equipment we have uh, started with that. And um, it just made sense to have it as a telescope we travel with and it's easy to talk about. So everyone... It's easy to know what we do from the name, the traveling telescope. Yeah. But in addition to that, we also have a mobile planetarium that we also move around with. Which is fun. And, and, and both of them, I think the planetarium is, you know, a simulation of the night sky. It's, it's, it's uh, a massive experience. And, um, and when kids or adults come in, you feel like you're actually driving or, or traveling through space. And so... We can do a lot in the planetarium, move forward in time, back in time, zoom into objects that we can't do with the telescope. But with the telescope, you're looking at the real thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, we yeah then set up the traveling telescope in 2014. So next year we'll be having we'll be celebrating 10 years. Fantastic our adventure. Fantastic. Oh, your your baby's going to turn 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first fruit of your partnership. That's really amazing. I I really just love the imagination that comes to this idea. The fact that. I love science, you love science, but how can we spread that out? And the fact that you thought to travel around with a piece of equipment that when I look at it, I think I see something that's fragile, something that is expensive, that, you know, you shouldn't move around a lot, right? Like all of us grew up in households probably where, you know, you're not allowed to touch certain things for fear of it breaking. So a telescope, that is just beautiful to me that you thought this is no good to us in one place. We should move around with it. So as you started to introduce this work into communities and work with schools, I'm curious to think about how you created your programs that would both build on the curiosity of young people, but then also create a deeper understanding of the sciences. How did you, how do you make use of that time when you bring a telescope and you've got maybe 30 minutes with kids or an hour, how do you go from the curiosity to like a deeper understanding of what they're looking at? Uh, let me just take you back a little bit sure. to the sensitivity of the equipment we have. So both the telescope and planetarium are very sensitive and I know you've been to yeah. A huge part, huge parts of, of Kenya and you know how bad the roads can be. Yeah. So um, it's it's fragile mm -hmm. and we have to like, when we bought the telescope, we had to build a box at, um, you know, Ngong Road where they have the Juakali guys making yes, all the, yeah, just okay. to build something that would hold it safe. Yeah. And and every time we get it out, we are like, oh my God, I hope we, we you know, it's, it's something, yeah. it's like a baby, you know, you mm -hmm. carry it safely and you mm -hmm. want to make sure everything is 
is done well. And I always joke that I'm, I'm glad I have two and other gentlemen in our team to carry the heavy stuff. I do carry it sometimes, but it's, 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 heavy. it's, it's yeah. part of the process and part of the fun, just, you know, setting it up and everything. Um, and that bulky, heavy stuff also, I think, um, and the different, the, 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 it's a different thing to bring um, to a school. So I uh, come back to your question about how we decided to set up our programs. So um, I didn't, as I said, I didn't experience this in school and neither did you. And uh, I think looking through the telescope of visiting a planetarium for me, want to, I, I had this need to want to share with others, share with my family and friends and kids for some reason, just children mm. in schools. I think because I was reminded to, uh, reminded of how school was for me when I was, I was, younger and how we studied and um, yeah going to school was a natural thing for us so we uh, knew it had to be a night thing um, but we also have tried to get kids to look at the telescope during the day and see the sun uh, we find that it's, it's just one star while at night yeah. you can look at much more and so we we had to talk to the schools and funnily enough the interest was there. I remember the very first school we went to outside Nairobi in Western, even before the traveling telescope was registered. Uh, we, I called a friend of mine whose dad was, had just retired. He was a teacher and I was like, oh, come over. And we went with our small telescope. At that time, we had a smaller telescope. And when we got to the school, door, I kid you not, more than a thousand kids oh my waiting like on the wow. balcony and everywhere, wow. waiting to look through the telescope. Wow. And, um, we had this tiny thing and it was intimidating because they're like, how are we going to get all these anxious boys? It was an all boys school to look through. And um, unfortunately, it rained <laughs> on mm. that particular night. But that was the night we realized that there's interest, there's a need and there's interest in the community we want to visit. And so we... we um, we wrote we, we wrote a proposal. There's a call for proposal to the International Astronomical Union Office for Astronomy for Development. A bit of a mouthful. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> and and we wrote a proposal to to propose to visit. Uh, at that time, we wanted to go to 40 schools in a month. <laughs> Um, reaching 40 around schools in one month. Okay, I'm like doing the math. Okay, <laughs> and we did it. We we went we went to schools morning afternoon and evening wow. and in the evenings we'll have the telescope out and and you know have 200 300 400 500 kids around it we realized we need to have a boundary a nice red light around the telescope so that uh it's dark you don't want people hitting the telescope we needed to protect ourselves and our sure. equipment but also the children and um yeah the interest was there and i think for me the telescope is a tool to get people to look up mm. and, and especially for kids because that's an, a whole observatory up there. It's a whole science laboratory up there, yeah. like a, a place that you can question and find out and look for answers, wondering what that star is, yeah. how far it is, what theory is this. Uh, so, so yeah, it all began with, you know, just having the equipment there. And then that the planetarium was easier because we would um, reach out to schools and say, we'd set it up during the day and your, your students will miss their science lesson and have a 40-minute science lesson in the planetarium and go back to class. 
And so that worked and it's, it's continued. We've continued visiting schools, now hundreds of schools, hundreds of thousands Mm. of kids. Mm. And yeah, we managed to visit 30 schools that month in 2014, but that jump started the project. I'm curious to know what, how, what kids' reactions are like. Is there, you know, there must be some that stick out in your mind of what kids have said or, or, or they experienced. Tell us a little bit about what those reactions are like. Um, so just to, to point out, we, we go to old schools. We go to underserved schools, which we don't charge. We don't charge government schools. Um, I think that's where we feel the, the impact. I mean, there, there are more numbers, so the impact could be bigger. And then we we visit private and 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 international schools for a a minimum fee just to keep our project going, um, and we've had uh, the same reaction irrespective of where these kids come from. Mm. Mostly, it's wow, <laughs> and and Chu who's also a sound mind. We, we we we've always like regretted not having equipment to record these reactions because it's just. Um, very excited and and sometimes there's no verbal reaction but there's mm. the 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 look on the kids face especially when we go to really rural schools you you can just see that look of this is a chance of a lifetime and i'm enjoying it mm. and then there's often when when people look through the telescope and look up at the object like if it's the moon it they're real? really comparing yeah. <laughs> what what they're looking at or a planet like saturn or mm. or jupiter yeah. yeah so mostly we get wows oh my god and giggles and yeah it's just <laughs> it's just so fulfilling for us mm. um and uh yeah it's life changing i think for me i've 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 appreciated those uh, trips in 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 areas uh one thing i remember was we once went to a school in eastern eastern part of kenya it was a remote school and one of the kids uh, visited the planetarium and when he got out he was like i now believe in science i thought wow. scientists used to lie and yeah it was just you know showing yeah. them w- what could be out there well, seeing is believing. That's really, that's so beautiful. I'm just thinking about how those kids must have gone home. And I'm like imagining what the dinnertime conversations would have been with mom and dad that day. Because I, even I'm thinking, when did I ever look through a telescope? I think it was university when I took a physics class and mm-hmm. it was required as a part of the lab to go. But yeah, just getting to see that up close. I mean, it is, it is magical and it is a once in a lifetime, especially for those young, young learners. I'm curious, you know, when you go to these communities, particularly because they can range, I'm sure, from the urban to then the rural. I'm sure you see it's more clear, isn't it, in the rural areas, what you can see just because of the, what's it called, the pollution, the uh, air yeah, pollution? Yeah, the light pollution. Yeah, I, I'm curious if you're, you're able to weave, you know, indigenous stories around the stars, around constellations, or cultural perspectives into that engagement with young people. I, I, um, I love the idea of cultural stories around the sky because mm. that's what got me really interested in, in, yes, I looked through a telescope and I was interested, but the fact that I learned that our ancestors also looked up and wondered and tried to make sense of it and connect us to the sky, that is interesting. However, when we go for our trips, it's so intense, especially before COVID, you have 500 kids around your very sensitive (laughs) equipment and they're kicking dust and all that and they're excited so and it's at night so you're really in that moment of 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 being with them I remember there's a school we went to in Amboseli 
and there was a project where the parents and the grandparents mm-hmm. and the kids were all in the school and they all came to look through the telescope. And um, so that area is predominantly Maasai community. And I invited the elders to talk about traditional sky knowledge and they did talk about it. And we have a mic normally when we are there with our sound thing. And <clears throat> the kids, um, the, the, the elders talked about the traditional sky knowledge for them in that community. And it was so powerful to have that. Um, we did not record it as 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 we wish we did, but you know the fact that we are losing these traditional stories, we don't have, um, we don't know whether they've they've been recorded and how we can access them, and we, we don't have a culture of um, sitting down and talking about these stories of the sky with our children. I don't know my traditional stories from my community, mm. but there are communities in Kenya like the Samburu, which we've had have a connection and have some stories with the night sky. And we hope, maybe not the traveling telescope, but there'll be a community of astronomers yeah. or astronomy communicators within the country who collect these stories and, you know, put them in a book or a movie or something yeah. so that we can preserve them. I, I think we could do a mashup, Salam and Hello and Traveling Telescope. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this, we should take this whole thing on the road. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you do the tra- telescope part, I'll do the talking part and, and we make something happen. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, other than what to do with education, we also do um, astrotourism. And um, I think that was one of the things we saw as a gap um, and a way to make revenue for our traveling telescope project. And um, we've partnered with lodges and go to all these beautiful places and offer um, astronomy nights, uh, what we call Very the cool. star safari. So we give you a guided tour of the night sky as you look through the telescope. Um, and uh, we've gone to Samburu, as I said, and some of the guides who have locals from that community dressed in their very colorful regalia have have talked about things in the sky. So that would be really cool to collect those stories awesome. with the, you know, images of of, of the people because it's the people, the uh, stories and, and the place. I think that's really beautiful. Uh, could create a really beautiful story around that. Now that you're reaching the 10-year mark, I'm sure it will be very soon that you'll start to have those people first come, you know, alumni of your <laughs> of your program come and say, you know, I'm, I'm actually taking this route because of that inspiration. I, all those thousands of kids at this point. Do you know how many kids you've worked with at this point? I think um, close to 500,000. Wow. Like, um, Congratulations. That's I've incredible. I've visited or looked through the telescope. I've visited our planetarium or looked through the telescope. That's amazing, Susan. Wow. Congratulations. And thank you for contributing that. I'm just thinking 500,000 young people whose imagination has, is bigger now because of that. But when you are throughout this work and, and, you know, I'm sure that when a school, you engage with a school, there's much appreciation for your work. I'm wondering, though, if there are also challenges, though, in promoting this kind of science education. And, um, and if there are, you know, what are some of the barriers you're seeing to your work? Um, I think. I don't think we've reached, you know, the number of schools that we have in the country and um, the places, even Nairobi, like we've still not reached a good number of, of people. Um, and and it's because we are small, a small team. Our equipment is not readily available, the shelves here. And obviously bringing something in is expensive because you have to pay taxes. If, if anything breaks, you know, it's again, not something you can find in the country. 
So that's, that's, that's obviously a challenge. Um, so access to more schools, especially um, underserved schools, we still want to reach more schools and, and work with them. Um, our team is small and we've kept it small <laughs> uh, because, yeah, we are, we're still not like a big company able to sure. employ very many people. And, and they're, they're not very many astrophysicists or uh, people interested in astronomy outreach that we can, we can reach out to. And then just obviously accessing some of these places, the roads are crazy. The drive is crazy. Half the time I don't have to do the driving, but yeah, it's exhausting to drive um, the whole day and then have to do the show in the evening. So um, those are some of the challenges. And um, we honestly feel as as a traveling telescope, Chu and I, that it would be awesome if every child at least once in their life gets a chance mm. to look through the telescope or visit a planetarium, I think, um, at least once. And and if you can somehow get close to that, that would be really, really cool. Well, and I'm curious, you know, if, if not through the traveling telescope, are there other places where people in Kenya can actually look through a telescope or experience a planetarium? Um, we've, we've <laughs> again, through the traveling telescope, we've built a permanent planetarium. It's built out of bamboo. So it's wow. the only bamboo planetarium in the world. And, mm -hmm. and it was, you know, you know, have, you have a problem and you're trying to figure out how to solve it to, to, to buy a dome or something is really expensive as, as well. And so we moved into this place that had this bamboo and I didn't think of it, but she was like, we're going to build a bamboo planetarium. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we built it and it's Amazing. up and, and we're able to get people in. Um, so that's one place. Um, where, is that in few, Nairobi? Yeah, in Nairobi okay. at Riverside, okay. at Riverside Drive in Nairobi. It's the only one, only fixed planetarium in the city. Um, and it's something we want to replicate or share with other um, underserved countries who are interested in low-cost low planetarium buildings. But also, it's a good way to protect our planet. You know, using bamboo is good for the planet mm -hmm. <laughs> rather than using steel and all these other other um, materials would have used. Um, but there are other organizations that also do astronomy outreach. Um, there's Amateur Astronomical Society uh, of Kenya. There's Leo, Leo Planetarium. So there are other small organizations. We don't have a fixed, um, an observatory in the country yet. I know you talked about Kenya Optical Telescope Initiative. Uh, there are plans to get uh, a big telescope in the country, mostly for research. Okay. Um, and then there's a telescope in, in Turkana Basin Institute, which, which is also for research, which is in partnership with other universities in the UK. Uh, so at the moment, there's not many options, obviously, but I'm sure like 10 years ago and now the climate has really changed and I, I can, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next 10 years to see what will happen. I'm sure there'll be a permanent, you know, there'll be an observatory somewhere in some sure. corner of the country where people can go to. Well, we will definitely link in our show notes all the places you've mentioned so people can find your work, engage with it. Um, I think I, 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 now that you're saying I'm like embarrassed that I didn't remember that you had the planetarium in Riverside. So I'm going to take all of um, people here with the little ones, especially <laughs> to go check that out because it, it's so special to be able to see something that is your own as well. I think that's quite important to see Kenyans creating the spaces for the country. Why do you think, Susan, it matters that it is, you know, 
why does it matter? We have so many things competing for our attention, right? We have health issues, we have infrastructure, we have democracy issues and government issues. When people are trying to figure out what to do with their time, attention, or even where to put you know, their support, why does it matter that we have our own African investments in astronomy and in, into the sky? That's a good question. I need to think hard about that. <laughs> but I think if, if you look at any country that has invested in space exploration, you, you can see how much they've developed. It's, it's not just about going out there. It's also investing in the people who work on, mm. on the projects in, in the country. If you look um, at what it takes to take an astronaut to space, you need a whole team that will you know, build the rockets and, and, and do the science and everything to get this one person. And they're paid here and they uh, contribute also to um uh the solutions of other problems you know like uh solar energy for example mm. would not have been used if it was if, if if it wasn't for space exploration if you look at our phones and they have cameras uh, charged couple devices we take selfies and photos with them that would not would not have happened if it wasn't for you know space exploration having telescopes in space that would be able to take photos. It was too expensive to use the old uh, film cameras. And that's why um, the charged couple or the, the new tech was, was invented. So there's so many practical uses, including satellite imagery. We're able to know when we're going to expect heavy rain or no rainfall and warn our farmers or get them to take insurance. There's so many mm. applications from um, space exploration, but also just inspiration. I know I've been around a few astronauts, including Dr. May Jamison, and I know wow. how inspiring it is for, for me <laughs> as an adult, but you can imagine what it is for young kids. And we need to constantly inspire our next generation of leaders uh, to, to make you know things better, to yeah. make life better. Uh, and I've also been fortunate to talk to some of uh, the astronauts and they all, most of them say while they're going out, they look for their country. And then once they're up there in space, they look at the planet and they realize this is our home and we need to take care of it. So um, I think also looking up um, with our telescopes um, reminds us of how fragile our planet is. And really, we need to, you know, come together and collectively create solutions that would mm. make our planet better at least for the next generation of, of yeah of. that's really powerful and beautifully woven from the practical everyday innovations we need in mobile technology and beyond in sciences to this very long-term challenge we have of taking care of this place i really appreciate your thoughts on that and and why it matters that we look up and that we engage with science in these ways that you are so looking ahead how is this project going to sustain? You know, when you, you mentioned the next 10 years, you must have big dreams. So maybe I'll break it up into two buckets. You know, what are your dreams for the next 10 years of your work? And how do you see that work sustaining? What do you need to, to reach those goals? That's a really good question. I'm not a big, I'm not like a, a 10 year kind of planner. <laughs> okay, two years, two years. <laughs> I'm not a 10 year kind of planner. I'm not, but yeah, I've been put into a place where, um, I didn't think I'd be running a company, you know, exploring space and all that. And um, I hope that we are able to, as I said, get as many kids and, and partner with other organizations to realize our dream of, of, of visiting as many places. 
um, you know, every county, um, more systematic approach to visiting schools and things like that. And obviously that means a few proposal writings and, you know, putting ourselves out there, but also, you know, really getting our government to appreciate the wealth we have with the mm-hmm. sky, you know, like um, through the tourism, uh, Ministry of Tourism, if they can, you know, understand what um, it means to have this beautiful dark skies right at the equator. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you know what that means? It means that when you're looking at things that are overhead, it's so crisp, clear, but it's also a nice way to to sell the country, to show the beautiful dark skies to all our tourists. And I think um, just um, getting more buying, getting more appreciation as Kenyans for this 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 wealth we have um mm. yeah it's something i'd yeah. like to see uh sorry i don't have the big and and yeah hopefully we'll build an observatory for the public that's something we've always wanted to do um hopefully on a hill yes I, <laughs> uh, there's a few hills can, in this country <laughs> <laughs> yeah a few hills um hopefully on a hill so yeah just to to get more people to spend more time and and look up yeah. and you know appreciate the night sky and and hopefully see uh, the next um, dreamers up there. Hopefully get an astronaut from the country. Hey, that's Woman big. Man. I like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna be me. I'm done. But hopefully we get <laughs> to see um, someone from Kenya going to space. You know, Kenya has a history of space exploration. The first um, X-ray satellite was launched in Malindi. Hmm. Um, so yeah, hopefully that 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 can we can again become um, um, leaders yeah. in, in exploration, at least in Eastern Africa. Um, we, we now have a space agency, the Kenya Space Agency, and they're doing a lot in terms of space exploration and awareness. So there's a, there's a lot that's happening and hopefully in the next 10 years, there'll be much more, mm. including someone in space. <laughs> well, you know, I, I can't resist the cliche to say, but the sky is the limit, truly. You know, <laughs> anything is possible. I, and uh, while you say you may not be a, a forecaster, you have really put some inspiration in our minds today, just thinking about what is possible to build on both the legacy of, of innovation that Kenya has had and, and now with some new initiatives, you know, really it seems like from tourism to landing on the moon or elsewhere, anything is possible. So if you had to conceptualize, you know, what you want the legacy of the traveling telescope to be, you know, on Africa's scientific landscape, what would you want your legacy to be? I, I feel privileged sometimes. I know I've grown up in a space where, I wasn't considered not to be able to do things because I'm a girl and everything. And I know that's not the situation for every young girl in Kenya and sometimes boys. And and I hope that um, through education, through what we do, we are able to um, invite um, young people, irrespective of where they're from, to be part of this space industry. Uh, whether they want to go to space or what to build rockets that would be used to go to space. I hope that uh, we can have a really growing space industry in the country and and hopefully yeah, that, that could be our legacy as a traveling telescope. I think that would be tremendous. 
And I want to ask you this. I was meant, I wanted to ask you it earlier, but I, I skimmed over it. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like been for you being a woman in a very science dominated, in a science field that is often dominated by men? What have your experiences been like? It's weird. I, I don't know. I think it's upbringing. So I am number five of, of four boys and two girls. Oh, wow. Now two women and four men. <laughs> and um, growing up, I never felt uh, limited, you know, so... Um, yeah, half the time I'm not fixated on, oh, I'm the only woman in the room. I'm the only, um, you know, woman of color in the room or stuff like that. Uh, but with time I've gotten more aware and I think there's an appreciation of, of upbringing my, my parents, like now I'm more aware that they, they brought us up in a way that we were not limited to what we mm. can do. And I appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, when, when we do our program, so I, I think I forgot to talk about our partnership with Airbus Foundation. We do a robotics program in schools and underserved schools, and we're very aware of, of how many girls and boys we reach. I try not to limit our programs to girls or to boys, uh, just because I feel like you've not looked through a telescope, you've not looked through a telescope, it doesn't matter. Yes. But we, we, are, we are more aware that we'd like to give as many girls uh, an equal opportunity as we do boys mm. and and yeah that's something I'm, I'm more aware of now but growing up and for a good part of my life it just just never clicked and yeah. in a way it's nice not to live that way like always looking at looking at your back and seeing who's there around me but in a way it's it's, it's good to be aware of of the differences that our society has. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, that if you haven't looked through a telescope, you just haven't looked. <laughs> so just <laughs> making fact, that available. When I was invited to run the Global Hands and Universe program, I was asked to go to an all-girls school and I was like, perfect, Kenya High School. And I was just like, no, I really need to get the boys as well. And I went to Nairobi school. And sometimes we had projects together and sometimes separately, but it was just, it was just really nice to be able to have access to both the boys and the girls and and all of them it didn't matter they just and that was more than 10 years ago gosh mm. <laughs> it just didn't matter yeah. they just hadn't had an experience of 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 astronomy or space science and they just wanted to learn so yeah, yeah. Well, what, how fortunate they were and that we are to have your work and the work of the Traveling Telescope as a resource. I, I think as a parent, all of my kids have had a chance to go be a part of the planetarium, which has been so enriching for them and inspiring. So thank you, Susan, for your work. And thank I can't you. wait to see what the next 10 years bring <laughs> in addition to a Salam sa Safari of the Sky. That's a, just on the spot name there. <laughs> but before we let you go, we ask all of our guests two questions um, because we like to see the through line that unites people despite, you know, their field of discipline. So Susan, what is your favorite beverage or drink of choice? Wow. wow. <laughs> I like my, my black tea with lemon in the morning and then I like my red wine. <laughs> <laughs> At night. <laughs> At black night, tea not in the morning. <laughs> like, yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, you know, before we let you go, our show is all about joy and justice. So tell us what's bringing you joy today. Sunshine. Mm. <laughs> It's yeah. a star. <laughs> yes. Ah, I love that. The sun because it's a star. That's awesome. <laughs> Susan, thank you for being on Salam and Hello today. I'm thank so you. thrilled that we had this time with you. Thank and thanks you. for having me, Lily. Such a pleasure. <laughs> okay.
So listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something. We are going to put all the ways that you can find the Traveling Telescope in the show notes. They're very active on social, so you can follow them where they're going to be and what opportunities you will have to engage with them, including their planetarium and all of their school programs. So we'll make sure you have all that information and reach out. Let us know what you thought, what inspired you from this conversation. It's at Salam and Hello on TikTok and on Instagram and on YouTube. You find us on all of those platforms. So until we see you next time, Safari Salama. Safari Sky Salama. It's peace. <laughs> I know it's hard, but baby, I 